the fact that we are also supporting local businesses in regards to having vendors and people coming to like sell their products. So it's like basically an awareness event, basically mm-hmm. like a festival for everyone to have an opportunity to have an opportunity to sell, to promote themselves, and to showcase themselves physically. Other than the fact that we'll be having artists perform. Welcome back to Beyond Culture, with a podcast that attempts to bridge the gap between culture and politics. I'm your co-host, Abel. In this episode, we talk to Iman and Tawa from SoundKing. Iman is the CEO and founder of SoundKing Entertainment, and Tawa is the coordinator in charge of organizing Sound King Festival 2022. In this episode, we talked about the Afrobeat scene in Canada. We also talked about the festival scene in Toronto after COVID and how big festivals in the city struggled to keep fans satisfied this summer. Also, we discussed the unpleasant and oftentimes discriminatory politics targeting African artists seeking visas to perform abroad. And finally, we talked about Sound King Festival 2022. Sound King Festival is a multi-non-consecutive day festival that promotes and gives Afro-Canadian artists a platform to perform and showcase their talents to the world. This year, Sound King Festival is going to Seoul Saint Marie on September 8th and coming to Toronto on September 17th. It will headline a variety of upcoming Afro artists, so make sure to check it out. All the links are in the description below and take a listen. Welcome back to Beyond Culture. I'm your host, Ivan, here my co host, Abel. Welcome back. You know, we have two special guests in the building, you know. From Sound King, we have Tower, yes. and we have Emmanuel. Thank you so much for you know joining us today. Well, thank you for having us. No. Thank you. No, 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 no. You're, you should, you should start. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us today. Um, I'm really excited about this this interview. Mm-hmm. So, tell me a bit about the the summertime. You know, everything's kind of been opening up. You know, and we're seeing a lot of festivals and things happen this summer so just you know just personally even outside of business how has this summer been you know or still in the pandemic but just you know since now we could do a bit more how has your summer been both of you we'll start with tower oh start with me yeah, okay yeah. Your summer been? um my summer's been going well honestly it's been a very chilled one mm-hmm. for me I've been working, I've been fine working, resting, sleeping. Mm-hmm. It's been a very nice one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's the first summer since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. everyone is like outside, mm-hmm. having fun. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can shoot. Oh, that's what I Pretty much the same thing, to be honest. Um, but um, even with the chilling and the, and the going out and the resting, there's still some work that, you know, we, I have to do like a lot of work. Um, like you said, there's a lot of events happening. We had our summer party in June, which was a, like success shout out to tower she put that together and um we also have a couple of things coming up um, this weekend and then obviously the big one in september so throughout the summer there's been like all the outings and you know partying and stuff but at the same time we're still planning and you know, trying to make things happen yeah because i really i've been seeing a bit more i think you guys had done this in the past previously but really this summer i've been seeing you guys put events even outside of like you know uh, concerts or whatever you've been putting a little parties and etc and i've always wondered I'm like, who's the brain behind this so <laughs> i'm guessing you are the brain behind a lot of these <laughs> events that i'm that i'm seeing i would take all the credits <laughs> like iman is basically the mastermind yeah, yeah but like i would say i'm yeah. like part of the supporting yeah but, the, way, the way we work is that like i'll probably get like a like a idea of like well let's do an event and then I pitch it to her and then she comes up with like how we can actually like make it a successful event and mm-hmm. what we need to implement and like, you know, themes and stuff like that. Because even the party we did in June, we were obviously going to throw a party. We we're going to throw a couple of events before the main festival this, this September. And she came up with the idea of doing a, a themed party. So we, she came up with the idea of like doing the dark, you know, getting the glow sticks, getting the glow powder, getting everything, getting the 360 camera. Like, you know, those are things that... Oh, that was a great idea. Great idea. (laughs) 
You know, I was at home watching. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I, I, I wish I was there. <laughs> Facts and the things that like, you know, these are what like people you know when they come to events like this, they these are what they enjoy. These are what they like to see. You know, you do like, like she came up with the idea of doing like you know cheaper shots throughout the night. So we had to obviously work with the venue and see how we could do five dollar shots till like one or two a.m. at that point. You know, just to get people like you know going and stuff like that because. Obviously, not everybody's going to get a booth and buy bottles, you know, but mm-hmm. you can make it affordable for them to get, you know, lay at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm wondering how, what has it been like even, you know, coordinating, it, you can speak on this too, like, mainly, but like coordinating with venues, has it, are they really receptive after COVID to be like, okay, yeah, you can have your event here, here is like a, like, or do you, are you seeing, have you faced like major obstacles? know how how what has that been mm-hmm. like a bit because I, I was just listening to an interview with the, the organizer of i believe it was culture culture land fest oh yeah it was culture land fest they did an interview was it culture land fest or it I was kingston kingston fest, fest yes i saw his interview and he was talking a bit about before we're gonna get before we get into all the last stuff that happens but he was talking a bit about how sometimes you know when you're trying to throw these you know more Afro-Caribbean festival. It's, it's sometimes hard for these um, these organizers to, you know, work with venues because venues will, like, shun you out and stuff like that. So have you guys been facing that when you're putting on events? With the festival... Sorry, my voice. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I don't know why that happened. No. But, yeah, with the festival, in terms of venue, um, Iman has actually been emailing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it actually took you a while for us to actually find someone that's actually willing to work with us yeah. and i think another issue is also because of like what this is going to be our second festival and yeah. something that we're planning bigger than our first one so i think when you're new in the business people kind of find it hard to trust you in regards to you know because everyone is also trying to make money alongside entertaining people so i think like in regards to actually finding people to work with us with the venue it was actually kind of a lot until we we're actually able to find someone who was actually willing to actually like work with us and actually not just working with us also invested in what we are doing Mm -hmm. as a team and all of that so yeah it's like like she said right like you know when you hit up like the popular venues like we hit up phoenix opera um we hit up history history was actually like um open to it but just that the timing was not right. They wanted us to, they wanted to like see if we wanted to do a later date, but obviously we're kind of like, you know, <clears throat> fixed on the date. But like those other venues, they're kind of like, um, hesitant, you know what I mean? In terms of like, um, what we're, what we're trying to do and the kind of show we're trying to put on. Cause obviously they want to have like big names on their, on their, on their, on their platforms, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, right? Our message is different from like a lot of, a lot of these bigger festivals, but, we're able to find like a venue that's like receptive to that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like people that run it are one of us, basically. They're Africans. They understand the, the, the entertainment industry. They've been, they've done parties, they've hosted events, you know what I mean? So they understand like, you know, the logistics and how everything is like, how everything goes. Because, you know, first conversation I had with them, like, you know, I saw it, I called them, they said, oh, yeah, something for the day. Right, I'm okay. They give us their base fee, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's schedule a meeting in person at the location. I want to talk to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So when you do that, then you get to like give them a full breakdown of what you're trying to do. Cause a lot of people, they don't, a lot of like venues and, and stuff like that, they, they probably don't understand exactly what you're trying to do. They just want you to pay that base fee. You mm-hmm. do whatever you want to do, right? But after that meeting, he was able to understand that, okay, is what we're trying to achieve. This is where we are, right? How can he help as a venue to also make sure the event is a success, mm-hmm. right? And then he was able to be reasonable and also bring down the price here and there, like, you know, take stuff, that, take stuff out that we don't need, you know, bring stuff in that we need just to make sure that everything is reasonable and affordable for us, right? Even as a small festival. You get, so these are the other things that, you know, we face. And even like, um, we also wanted to do a, 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 a day party, right? And we hit up a lot of like, you know, patio clubs and patio lounges and stuff like that. And like, there was a the there was a there was a patio that we hit up, and then mm-hmm. <laughs> a patio that caps at two hundred people mm-hmm. wanted to charge us forty thousand dollars for the space. What? 
And I was like, what? I didn't even reply to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> how are you like supposed how? to make them? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like how? You know, like, how are we supposed to make that? Are we going to sell tickets at $150 for 200 people? <laughs> Is this, was this Buckingham Palace? Well, <laughs> it was in downtown Toronto. It was like, I'm like, bro, like, you know, so those are the, like the things that, because obviously, COVID, no one really made money, especially mm-hmm. venues, mm-hmm. right? Promoters, they make money. So, now that everything's coming back up, you know, venues are finding ways to like, you know, boost prices just to make extra revenue, which is understandable for some places. But, you know, for us as event planners or promoters, they don't, it doesn't make sense for us. And it's harder for us to now find venues to throw parties and things like that. But yeah, like in terms of the festival, like I'm actually happy we're able to find this venue and then be able to work with us. Yeah, yeah let's even dive into that a bit, you know, because you guys, you just talked a bit about you know, we're talking about Sound King Fest, you know, and you mentioned a bit how it was, I think it's the second time you guys are doing it, you know, yeah. it's bigger than the last one. So I want to throw it back a bit to the first Sound King Fest, how that started, well, you know, what was the vision behind it, and just basically how how it played out. Yeah, that, that last year was a crucial one, I can't lie, it was very crucial, and it's very important that we actually did it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Last year, Tower was there as a, as a guest. As a guest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? okay. Yes, I was there as a guest. So, there as a guest, but, you know, it started off, like, beginning of summer, we wanted to do, because obviously we were on lockdown, right? So, we wanted mm-hmm. to do a virtual concert with our band, right? Mm-hmm. And just record it, pre-record it, and stream it live on YouTube and stuff like that. Obviously, promote it before then, and then stream it live. But then, um, Kaibana Ex- Extreme last year, so one of my friends, one of my good friends, he's a promoter, he does this event every year. So when they started to open back up in July, he actually put put up his his um his party that he usually does on Caribana weekend. And then we went there, like obviously one of our artists performed, so we were over there, support and everything, and then we saw that okay, like there's a lot of people here, you know what I mean? People are actually ready to party. So we're like, okay. As soon as the party was done, me and my partner did just go here with talking like okay let's see how we can transition our plans of doing a virtual concert into an actual concert mm-hmm. right and then first things first we hit up the band because see the band is available for that particular weekend because we, uh, we we try to put it like two weeks two weeks after yeah yeah we say okay let's do it in two weeks because i had to go to school obviously my last year for soccer so i already was already coming late, so I didn't want to push it too far back. So I'm like, okay, two weeks, you know, then I can have the right excuse to tell my coach I had an event, da, 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 da. But it's yeah. it's <laughs> that's, what, that's what you see what we deal with? That's why we never can make playoffs. <laughs> this type of behavior. <laughs> but yeah, so I had, I had to like make sure that, you know, it was appropriate timing and everything. So we started to hit up venues, you know, find um, venues that can accommodate the live band performance, right? Because mm-hmm. that's essential, right? And then um, a lot of venues were booked, obviously, it's like 10 days, two weeks, like kind of short notice, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the venue of that party, um, I hear them more because I know one, one of the managers and he actually said, okay, it's available, we can use it. And they were really open. It was like, it gave us at a very good price. So everything was set, you know, flyer was done, everything was done. And the funny thing is that all the artists that I hit up to be part of the festival, Right, we're willing to work with us and we're willing to perform. I know, like, a couple of days before, a couple of them, like, obviously had to work or end up not being in town, so we had to readjust the lineup and stuff like that, which is fine. But, like, the fact that, like, you know, my colleagues were willing to, like, you know, be part of it, be part of, like, the movie and everything, because they knew was that we were trying to start something very fruitful for us, you know, towards the future. And, um, it was actually a success. We never expected it to be the way it was in terms of like, you know, people like buying tickets online and people like we us selling like twice and making two, um, two times more money at the door because people coming at the door to you know, come to the event it was actually crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone really enjoyed it. All the performers enjoyed it. All the people that came enjoyed it, enjoyed it after party. And then we decided like, no, we're going to make it an annual thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine just this fear when you work so hard on a project that you're not going to be able to deliver in terms of the finances or whatever. So I could imagine when that first festival went well, you're like, okay, this is, we can keep doing this. Like it's doable, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, I won't say the night went perfectly well, mm-hmm. right? It went well. 
as far like you know we're able to go through all the performances we're able to go to the after party we're able to do the giveaway that we promised you know mm-hmm. do the dance competition we did a giveaway and someone wanted to give them the tickets right so a lot of the things that we set out to do we did right but obviously there was things that we needed to work on in terms of like organization in terms of the organization side and everything and um that's what you know we're implementing this year that's why i was able to bring tara on board and we have other people in the in the in the organization that are you know in there to like make sure that things go smoothly you know, do events and stuff like that right mm-hmm. so this year we're gonna obviously we talked about you know what I mean, last time there's a lot of things we're going to implement that it's going to make sure that you know if something starts at eight o'clock we start at eight o'clock and yeah. like, you know at 11 12 that kind of stuff right we don't want to eat in too much into then people are supposed to be at the after party because mm-hmm. obviously that's a separate event you know what i mean so you know Okay, so Tawa, you add, that's interesting. You go from being a guest at the first one to now being the like the manager, basically, of this uh, Sound King Fest. Tell me a bit about how you go from that to this. It's a big, it's a big, it's a big jump. Yeah, I was, I was a guest too. I didn't go from <laughs> guest, I didn't go from guest to manager. <laughs> yes, it is. And like, actually, the way everything happened, I don't know. I genuinely believe everything happens for a reason. And like, so when I went there, I went as a guest, and I actually did enjoy it, to be honest. And uh, but like, obviously, I've always. I love planning things. So it was like when I did attend it the last time, I was like, oh, it went well, but obviously this and that, well, that was my own opinion. I know. So, um, I was actually, um, and then through a friend, I started to speak to Iman about like, oh, wanting to like plan more and do things like that. I know. And then Iman was like, oh, like obviously you can join us and be a part of like Sound King. And, uh, and I was like, oh, that's exciting. So like, Knowing that, like, I get to be a big part of something that I was a guest in. Well, that was how I came in. And, like, knowing I get to, like, plan. And all of that is something I'm really, really excited for. And Because mm-hmm. I obviously know the festival is going to be nice. Mm-hmm. I genuinely believe anything I put my hands on is blessed. Hey, man. This is going to be really nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Because the next, um, I guess, the first date we're seeing is September 8th. Yeah. To St. Marie. Tell me a bit about, you know, getting that all together. I know it wasn't easy. Sometimes, because even and I, sometimes we, we hang out on our ones and I see even on the phone like this, you know, you know, talking to this person, you know, you have to go to this meeting. So tell me a bit about getting the Sault Ste. Marie event together and why the city of Sault Ste. Marie. So that, that's a more personal thing to it for me because, um, I told myself, okay, like, you know, I wanted to do a show in the Sioux, like, you know, before I left. Mm-hmm. And originally I wanted to do it in January, February, but obviously we went into lockdown that period, like this year. So everything had to like reshuffle. Like that was going to be like a more personal thing. So I was like, okay, this year, um, the plan that we had for SK Fest was, was going to be bigger than last year's one. So I was like, okay, let's see if we can implement multiple shows. Right. And, um, I spoke to a couple of my, um, people I know in the suit. Um, Adrian, who is the owner of the Sioux, um, Borderline Sioux Radio. And he was a, he's a huge help in terms of like putting together the Sioux show, getting us like the connects for the venue. Um, trying to get us sponsorships and all this other stuff, right? So, um, yeah, like obviously the Sioux show is close to heart because obviously that's where I, I was for like a few years at school. And I know a lot of people there. So it's like, I have like a little bit of like, um, I don't know. Let me. What's the word? I can't remember. We have a lot of connections. Too. Yeah, I have a lot of connections. A lot of people that actually mm-hmm. listen to my music over there, like you mm-hmm. know, surprisingly, like you know what I mean. But it happens when you're there for a few years. You know, you, yeah. you get to build relations, you get to meet people, and also what we did was that um, I connected with my um, colleague um, Kennedy, aka Cashfire, who's the CEO of um, Andre Record. He has his own his own thing going on, and I said, okay, you know, Kennedy, you've been there. A couple of years too. At the same time, you make music over there. You have, you know, um, some crowd over there, right? So let's work together in terms of having our artists perform, you know, and also implementing some susanary like acts too into the lineup, mm-hmm. right? So all of that, you know, was what we what we did in terms of like putting the show together. And um, another big thing is actually working with the two schools mm. in the Sioux, um is a big big thing because obviously. I want to make sure that obviously I went to a government university 
um, I know one or two of the acts went to college. And at the same time, like, you know, we're in the zoo, right? So if, if the best thing to do is to work with as many people as we want, like, as possible, so we can actually make the show successful. Because Susan is actually a hard place to get people out, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so working with those two um, two entities will help us a lot. And then um, we reached out to the city to see um, how much help they could be also. Mm-hmm. And um, we also reached out to the local immigration um, committee to see how much help they could be also to you know, see how many people we can mm-hmm. bring out, right? So, yeah, in terms of the Sioux show, like, everything's coming together. Um, I'm actually really excited for that, you know, going back to the Sioux after... Um, for a show, not just for school, you know what I mean? Just yeah. to go there. Because I was about to say, after, <laughs> what, three months? Or three months. <laughs> 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 just the mindset. The way you <laughs> <laughs> so coming back is different now, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. And how, like, have the schools and, uh, like, the CD and the immigration uh, services been helpful? Like, how, like, how, what help have they given you so far? Um. So we're working really, really close with, um, the local immigration um, mm-hmm. committee, LIP. Um, I think Steve Araba is the head of it, and he's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. He's been uh, communicating. I've been communicating with him a lot, and they're also willing to um, sponsor and you know mm-hmm. add some things to the to the to the event. Um, we also have um, finalized our agreement with Sioux College in terms of how many tickets they want allocated to them for their students mm-hmm. you know, to attend the the, the festival. We're still waiting on our goma, which is surprising. <laughs> you know what I mean? These works are ass well. Don't, don't, don't. I don't know what ass is doing. But like, we're, we're, we're waiting for ass to give us the number. Like, it's like, obviously, all the conversations that happen, all the meetings that happen, mm-hmm. like, we've broken down everything. We just need to know, like, okay, our goma needs, like, 150 tickets for the student. That mm-hmm. kind of vibe. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. So, it's it's pretty set. You know, um, live band is ready. Venues looking good, you know, and um, yeah, the next thing to be honest is actually like um, on ground promotion. So, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people there right now that I'm talking to and trying to like you know put together like a promotion team over there that will help us like you know do the groundwork mm-hmm. in terms of like going to like stores, going to you know um, putting the posters up at at the schools and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. just so that people can see it. You know, obviously. From our end, we can do a lot of online marketing, but like, you know, mm-hmm. people there in the soup, you know, the groundwork also make a huge impact. Mm-hmm. You know what's actually one of the most interesting things, and I briefly mentioned to you, mentioned that to you before, is that, and you mentioned, you just mentioned it, is the collaboration with, you know, Sound King and Arshul Record. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a, that's very big to me because I, you don't, I don't know, sometimes it's this tribalism between people that do their own labels, you know, they're like, yeah. ah, I, you know, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to do it. But you guys, you, why not collaborate? Why not get yourselves uh, together? By the way, it's Anjou, not Anjou, you know? <laughs> I know I know French is not <laughs> I know I know French is not your, your strong suit. But can you talk to me about, go deeper a bit into that collaboration and why it's important for, you know, artists like you and Cash to get together and collaborate and share your music? It's like... For me, it wasn't really anything serious. Like, I just thought about it. I'm like, okay, like, there's so much artists I could put on the lineup, mm-hmm. right? And it's also like, um, you have to think about where we're trying to have the show. You get what I mean? So, in terms of putting like events like that together, you have to look at the demographic, the, the city and like what it's used to, those kind of stuff. And then that's what you use to like curate your lineup, right? And, um, Obviously, me and Cash having a great relationship, it's easy for me to call Cash and say, this is the plan, this is what I'm going and it's down. You know what I mean? So that's one thing about, like you said, like, you know, especially in Toronto, when they, where there's a lot of, like, entities that do the same thing, it's harder to merge and work together and stuff like that. Like, we've seen it this summer a lot, right? But, like, for me, like, I, I like to work with, I work with anybody. Like, if, you, if I have a project, I can hear If I know that, okay, having you on board is going to, help us a lot, I'll reach out to you. And if people reach out to me saying, hey, man, like, you know, we need you, we need your support in this, like, I'm down, I'll tell my team, yeah, this is what we're doing now. You know what I mean? We have to support this, we have to support that. Because trust me, when you work together with people in the long run, you're going to see the benefit because 
you know, when it's now your turn to do something, you're going to see like, like a huge amount of support from every angle. You know what I mean? So, um, for me, like, that's, that's the way I, I like to do things in terms of like doing events and putting things together because no one hand can do everything. You know what I mean? One, like, I can't just go there by myself and go there with just my artists and say, I want to put on a show in a suit, right? Where I could have had like, you know, other people that also bring their crowd in and like bring their audience in because that's the whole point of SK Fest is to get different type of artists um, on the same lineup, bring their different crowd so that each crowd can meet new artists, can get to know new artists and, you know, listen to their music when they go home. You know, oh, I just heard this guy's actually sitting, go check him out when he gets home. That kind of vibe. So it works, it works perfectly. Because you know? I, I remember when I was at the, the listening party, yeah. right, for uh, your album. I remember I was there and I, in my mind, when I'm going to an event like that, I'm more like, okay, I'm going for Emmanuel, right? And yeah. I wasn't thinking all these other artists are going to be there. Yeah. And after I remember sitting, it was even, it, the thing didn't even start yet. It was just sound check. I was just like, yo, man, this song is a banger. I go to email, I'm like, I'm like, who's this? Who's this? Like, oh, it's a guy. Da, da, da. And then, as soon as I get home, boom, on my phone. And then that, you know, the ripple effects of that is crazy because now I go home to my sister or whatever. Even our bell, I'm like, yo, man, I heard this song that mm-hmm. the thing, yo, amazing. Like that's the like that's actually the driving point of Sound King Face because a lot of a lot of things that we see as like obviously up and coming Afrobeat artists and up and coming Afrobeat businesses and you know producers and stuff like that, we don't see the opportunities given mm-hmm. to everyone. You know what I mean? And then a lot of the older promoters and the guys with the fundings and all that stuff, they they care about the big names that you're bringing in. Mm. They don't really care about like the younger artists that are here and trying to grow. So what we're trying to do is to leverage ourselves, you know, in a way where we're using our colleagues to put in a big festival that, like, you know, these guys are gonna envy later on. Because, like, think about it: if if we're able to do this by ourselves for our colleagues, it's like at the end of the day, we're not gonna need those bigger guys to put us on the lineup. Or like, I don't want my, I don't want like. For me, yeah, personally, I don't want to see my guys like you know being mistreated mm-hmm. at a festival. Like I saw that a lot of times this year. Like you know, the big festivals, you know, they put a big artist name there and they put a little artist you know there. And then when it comes to the day of the festival, the little ones are getting mistreated in terms of like you know um, set times, mm-hmm. delays. Okay, the organizers delayed the festival, so now this artist can't perform after preparing months for this performance because he. You probably figured out, okay, it's a big festival. There's going to be a lot of audience. I need to work a lot, you know, towards my performance, right? Then you tell them they can't perform because why your, your festival was delayed for three hours and those three hours were when the openers were supposed to go, those kind of things. So like you see that a lot and you're like, I don't like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, like imagine like, you know, I see he's about to go on stage. I'm here to support he's but then he, he doesn't end up performing that, like, mm-hmm. you know, it makes me feel that type of way. So I was like, you know, the best thing I could do is, you know, put something together that my artists can, you know, showcase their talent and also my, my colleagues and my friends can also showcase their talent. And that's how I started, right? And then now it's not just only my friends and my colleagues now. Like we're having like people that I don't know. I reach out to them. Like you're in Canada, you make Afro beats, you know, I'll put you on the lineup. Like I was on a Twitter space, um, one day and they were talking about like, Afrobeats in Canada and the culture here and how bad it is. And, and I just hopped in and I just told them, like, okay, these are a bunch of artists here talking and complaining. I said, okay, I have a festival coming up in September. If you want to be on the lineup, DM me. Right? Mm-hmm. Like one or two DM me. Right? Mm-hmm. And that also shows a lot about the mentality of these artists at the same time because you go into the space, you talk about like, you know, things that you need and how you, People can develop things and then an opportunity is presented to you and you don't take advantage of that. Like, you know, it shows me like where these guys are at the moment. You get so. And like, sorry, just to add mm-hmm. to what you're saying and everything. And I think like this is the reason why I was so happy to work with Iman because like 
is doing something really big in regards to having to pull people together and give people a voice to do what it is they want to do based on what you like your talent and your love and your passion for things that you want to do because I think of myself as well as so just even speaking to him and like oh like yeah I want to be an event planner this is something I really want to do I'm not even a professional yet I'm just starting to in regards to being an event planner and the man is like yeah come on board like join the team and like I know you'd be able to do something like this gives me an avenue to even build my portfolio in regards to doing this even when I become a professional and like obviously like as the as Sound King is growing and this is going to be an animal thing it's like even when I do become a professional like there's no way I would still not want to be a part of Sound King because it's like you were there you gave me a voice you gave me a chance to actually be able to like develop myself and all and I think like that's a really amazing thing especially since you're not doing it in a space for like Africans and like Canadian Africans too so it's such a big part platform and it gives everyone an avenue to grow and just like be seen basically and be heard and i think like that's an amazing thing and uh yeah i feel like one thing that like me and scorpio um, um notice is that for us to like move this afrobeat in canada forward we have to do it ourselves in terms of like we the young artists because the older generations are not really looking at us, right? They're not really putting the money that they have into us. Like, trust me, not to like, you know, offend anybody, but like, I know a lot of like, rich, like older, like guys that don't really know where to invest their money in, right? And they, and they know a lot of these artists, like, you know what I mean? They know like, we have like a lot of talented artists in, in Canada. Like, trust me, lots of talent. You just need the right, you know, guidance, the right funding to be put into place where, like, you know, they can showcase their talent. There's a couple of us that are starting to break boundaries here and there, right? Which is very, very good. But at the same time, we can still do more. And I think within the year, within two to three years, we're going to see more and more and more artists being, like, pushed out from Canada to, to the world. And I'm wondering, at least from the artist's perspective, because you said you were kind of in that space and everybody talked a bit about the struggles, especially here in Canada. Um, what do you, what do you believe are like the main struggles young Afrobeats artists are facing? I think you mentioned a bit just people investing money in them and them getting disrespected at festivals. Are those like really the main, like things they're saying or what, what else is there? The main thing is structure, right? And structure doesn't, Structure and standards, they don't just come overnight, right? If we look at, if we look to, to London, to the UK, right? And we see how the Afrobeat scene is big in the UK, where now they have official Afrobeat charts in the UK, right? It didn't start overnight. It didn't just happen overnight. It started from somewhere, right? It started from, obviously, them investing in themselves, right? The UK artists that do Afrobeats investing in themselves in terms of, you know, having like the right platforms, putting stuff out regularly, making sure that they're putting out quality content, you know, doing shows within their community to expand, those kind of things, right? So I feel like for us here in Toronto, in Canada, we need to build our structure. And that structure can only be built by ourselves. We need to start holding ourselves, you know, accountable for things, you know you know, having high high standards on our projects and on our content that we're putting out, those kind of things, right? When I see my colleagues put out, you know, stuff that I don't think is up to par, like, I let them know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we can do better, mm-hmm. right? Um, You have the talent, you know, and sometimes, right, you want to see people um put out more content, right? Because right now, a lot of people, including me, myself, sometimes, or I'm in a different situation right now, but like they release like once every three, four, five, six months. Sometimes it is once a year, right? Personally, I don't like that, right? Because it sh- it doesn't help the culture and what we're trying to build, right? Mm-hmm. We want to see people release and drop content constantly, quality content, right? Because then now you have the content for shows. You have you have enough catalog for shows, you know, to perform. You have enough, you have enough catalog and visuals to, you know, share and show promoters and stuff like that. That this is what I've done. This is what I can do to, to get more opportunities. And then for like people like us now that 
want to start putting events for everyone. We can all say, okay, like, you know, I like this artist. He's, he's working hard. He's doing this. He's doing this. Let's put him on the line. That kind of vibe. So I feel like within us, we have to like build that ourselves slowly, but surely we're going to get there. And, um, I'm just excited that like Sound King, like we're able to be part of like the, the come up. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're using our platform to push other people to now start like, you know, paying attention and getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you guys both talked to me a bit about the show in Toronto now. That's just going to be, you know, we have Suisse Marie now with the Toronto show. What is the date exactly again for the Toronto show? Okay, okay so um, yes, the Toronto show is what I'm really excited for alongside with the um, Suisse Marie. Mm-hmm. Yes, but um, the Toronto one is like our biggest show, basically. And like we're having like guest stars coming over to perform alongside with like our local artists. And um, is the is I think is the difference. That's what I'm really excited for. The fact that we're also supporting local businesses in regards to having vendors and people coming to like sell their products. So it's like basically an awareness event, basically mm-hmm. like a festival for everyone to have an opportunity to have an opportunity to sell, to promote themselves and to showcase themselves physically. Other than the fact that we'll be having artists perform, supporting small businesses too, for them to like sell their products and for people to like know who they are. And though that's something very exciting and then the food vendors too. Well, let's dive a bit in deeper into that because I know the vendors, it's literally, it's a wide array of and Like we're not only, I'm guessing we're not only talking food, we're talking about everything like, you know, products i believe for women yeah stuff like that so tell me a bit about the wide array of like different types of vendors you guys got and why is it important you know to support them in this okay. way so um is it like it's very important for someone like myself who also has a small business so i feel like this gives everyone an opportunity for people to um because there's a difference between putting up your product on online for people to see about it and there's a difference where like you're in a space where people can actually see the product test test it out and then now make a purchase and then people get to meet the people behind those businesses in regards to having that one-on-one interaction with them and because i feel like when you have one-on-one interaction with people that are behind the product it makes it much more personal for people to also want to be involved in like your business and all so yes and then for someone like me and other people that will be there too like having like you know makeup vendors and like things like that yes we're even taking it upon ourselves to actually even reach out to other people that might not be aware that we're having vendors there reaching out to people like oh come join us and be part of the festival and also that's also part of it yeah those those are essential because obviously we want to create a platform where like everyone benefits you know small or big you know what i mean and um one of the reasons why we decided to have like um a couple of big name special guests is because not only don't we want to grow as a festival but we also want to increase the number of attendees for these artists to you know perform in front of right and these special guest artists will bring those numbers for us right even though it's a small festival we're still trying to grow and stuff like that and we have to be realistic with ourselves but having these special guests will help us a lot because now they're bringing more years for these other local artists to perform in front of yes. mm, no that's definitely interesting what is uh in terms of the toronto lineup is that already set or are you still and the Toronto lineup is already set. Um, actually, it's probably you're probably dropping the lineup today. It's probably even posted already, but I'm not sure. But I'm not head of marketing, right? So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we can get the scoop here. This the episode will come later. I'll text the head of marketing. Oh, what's the <laughs> what's the what's the lineup? So the lineup is actually pretty solid. Like, um, we have a lot of um. A different variety of artists on the lineup. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you guys a few names. I'll give you guys a few names. So we have obviously so we have all the sunken artists. We have a couple of um amazing women from all the world performing. Um we have Kim and we have Nima. She has a beautiful voice. She's coming over from Ottawa. And um, we have Everything Ocean. He's like a Toronto more of a Toronto artist than an Afrobeat artist. But I met him at a at an event that I attended, like a junior award event. That I attended and we, we spoke and then he's actually Nigerian and he did a song. He has a, a popular song with Four Corners, who's the Raptors official DJ. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So, and he was telling about how he went into like, you know, try to learn about his his roots, and you know that was the influence behind that song. And so I was like, you know what, like based on the conversation we had, like we spoke about it, and he was like excited to be on the lineup, so we put him in the lineup. Um, we also have obviously our Juno Award winner, Tommy. She's gonna be on the lineup, and we have New Baby flying in from Winnipeg to be on the lineup. So. Like there's a lot of different types of artists, different types of African artists from around Canada. Like we try to reach out to as many people as possible to make sure that the, the lineup is actually um, diverse and like fluid. And you know, like even with the itinerary, like how how the show is gonna flow. Mm-hmm. Like we have to make sure that like everyone is gonna give their best, and also like you know the fans and the, the attendees are gonna enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. Those are the main essentials to be able to Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's that's pretty good. And uh, like how how's it been uh, contacting these artists and just getting them out to uh, to come in Toronto and you know, like is do you feel like there are more artists want to perform because of COVID and these like two summers that people couldn't really do things in person? Like is there do you f- do you feel that artists have a newfound fire to to showcase their art, or like is it uh, is it different? Within these past years, a lot of artists now are transitioning into becoming recording artists, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously that's what you're doing for the past few years, recording, dropping songs. Right? You haven't really been out there performing or even practicing your performances, right? Mm-hmm. So. We're trying to like now break that, you know, in terms of now giving them the opportunity to come and showcase their performing talents and stuff like that. Because, you know, without shows, you, you're not a performing artist without shows, mm-hmm. without gigs, right? So that's what we're trying to do. Even for the, for the guest artists that we're bringing in, the two original guest artists that we're originally going to have, right? We're coming right straight from back home from Nigeria, right? But mm-hmm. obviously with the visa process timing and stuff. So, like we knew like um just a couple of weeks ago that it wasn't gonna be ready on time. Mm-hmm. So now we had to like be fast about finding replacements, which we did. We were able to get them and they're coming from the UK so they don't really need the uh, visas and like the process is not as long as mm-hmm. the Nigerian, right? So that's why like that's the difference between us and other festivals this year was that like we were we didn't wanna announce our full lineup. Mm-hmm. Until everything was confirmed, you know what I mean. So mm. we didn't want to disappoint anybody. Yeah, or mislead. Or mislead anybody exactly, yeah. right? So yeah. even with the um, with the Victorians in a risky situation, even though the deposit and everything was paid, and you know, um, all the necessary paperwork was signed, but we didn't want to announce anything until we knew that the visa was going to arrive on time. Yes. So when we got the news, like a couple of weeks ago, that it wasn't. So we had to like move fast in terms of securing order two to guest artists because those are really tricky you know what I mean mm-hmm. so yeah. basically it's not you, you know because this is a beautiful way to segue into the festivals we've seen in Toronto this summer because what I'm hearing from some of these organizers when you ask them okay why do you advertise this artist even though you know the process was not fully done they're like this is just a business this is how it works you know to be honest that's how it works because okay. um, I won't lie to you right the fact that we didn't. We haven't announced who, like the artists that we have, right? Mm-hmm. It's what's slowing down, slowing us down in terms of the marketing. Because now we have less than thirty days to do a, like a full hundred and fifty percent marketing, like pushing everywhere you mm-hmm. go. It's sound Cafe because now everything is confirmed, mm-hmm. right? Well, usually festival festival um, culture is that you know when you pay the deposit when you sign the contract with this artist they're confirmed mm-hmm. right and then um, obviously depending on how you're booking the artists at the agencies or whatever right they're confirmed you're, you're allowed to promote them and put them on the post and everything right but because of the experience that I have experienced as a, as like a guest in these festivals and like obviously what's going on around we know I'm more of smaller festivals right so it's 
going to be more damaging for us yes, to, make that to make that mistake than these other guys because these other guys next year can still put four or five more bigger names on the lineup mm-hmm. and still get crowd for the fact, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And still make probably the same mistake mm-hmm. but like because it happens every year. It's not just only like yeah. you know, one or two things. Like literally three mm-hmm. festivals back to back. You know, the same thing happened. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that what they're not doing is communicating, mm-hmm. right? They're not communicating with people that are buying tickets for specific artists or specific people, which is bad. But we know that okay, once we release the line, everything is set. If people have questions, they can be taking no access. We can confirm everything, right? So. And we're not going to post any artists that is not confirmed. Yeah. Like, if we're still, like, in negotiation with any artists right now, I think one or two, we're not going to release them, release them, release them names on the line here. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Even though, like, we know that they're going to perform, but, like, I just want to make sure that, you know, there's no any, like, you know. There's no issue in terms exactly. of, like, what we put out yeah. there. Something yeah. that's really uh, interesting to me is, you know, the... There, there's been this conversation about the visa process for these artists, especially, you know, now that the uh, Afrobeats and African music is really becoming global. But at the same time, African artists are having a hard time leaving their countries to go perform elsewhere. So could you talk a little bit about uh, that process and how it is for African artists, especially? Because I know, for example, there is a Congolese artist He's really big in Congo and even big abroad, but he couldn't get a visa to go to Portugal for the uh, Afro Nation uh, mm-hmm. Festival. And he he was announced like a long time ago, and he's a big guy. He's right now touring in uh, in the U.S. So, like, it's really, it's just like uh, mind-boggling how these even big artists are having trouble getting visas. So what's that process like for artists since you mentioned that you were planning on having a few artists from back home to come perform here yeah trust me it's actually difficult because um and it also depends on the country you're coming from and the country you're going mm-hmm. right um one thing right we look at is probably relationships right like mm-hmm. what's the relationships like between for say nigeria and canada you know, mm-hmm. you know economically, you know, immigration-wise, all this kind of stuff, right? Um, how reluctant are Canada to giving visas nowadays? It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's actually hard. Like, you know, like if, if a big artist like Thames can't get a visa to Canada on time, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? It's, I personally think that, like, no matter what industry we're in, we always do face a lot of systemic issues. Mm-hmm. And I think this also plays a role in regards to having our big artists back home coming outside of back home mm-hmm. to perform in other places. And like, I feel like that's also, the, it's just part of the systemic issues that mm-hmm. I feel we, we have to, we, like speaking about it else, in creating awareness about yeah. it, but it's still like we um we still have a lot to do in regards to that because yeah. I find it very sad that like an artist back home, we everyone literally knows and they have a large platform and a large audience. Something as much as a visa is an issue for them. Like mm-hmm. that's sad. Like yes. even for like for the festivals that happened this year, like for example, cultural and like or even turn like, you know, Manifesto is not like even an African organized event. Like mm-hmm. it's a Toronto event. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's even like, I heard like some of the artists that were supposed to come, like Fireboy and like, you know, Yoji and these guys are huge, mm-hmm. right? They're huge in North America too. They're not just using Africa, right? I went in some situations that they reached out to the, 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 the Nigerian embassy in Canada to try to like, you know, mm-hmm. speak to, the Canadian embassies and high commissioners try to get these guys stuff mm-hmm. like done ASAP, even like to the point where they're, they're using their connections with, you know, consulates, you know, Canadian consulates to like mm-hmm. try to like see what they can do to make sure that like, you know, mm-hmm. these visas are coming through, but it looks like nothing worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? The process through the process. And I heard people are like apply for visas five months ago, they haven't got there. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, what is it going to take, right? And like you said, like, you know, even with the artists from Congo trying to get to Portugal and couldn't get the visa, even though, like, a big platform like Afro Nation, they mm-hmm. plan their stuff 
like six months ahead of time. They dropped lineups six months before the show. They did. You know, a long time ago. So I avoid all these kind of things, but, you know, process through the process. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's work. Sometimes it's, you know, depends who your file funds, who, whose hands your file <laughs> lands on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you get, it. so that's the thing. Like, there's no really like a, like a guaranteed way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even a lot of artists now, especially the ones back home, they like to have agencies, especially mm-hmm. international agencies for bookings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and then these agencies promise to have stuff done for them, mm-hmm. like visas, you know, you know, passports, all those things, anything they need when they're getting these bookings, right? So, um, for culture and, and even like, um, manifesto and those guys, like they book through the agencies or sometimes they book directly with them, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously if the agency says, the visa should be ready by five months. You expect the visa should be ready by five mm-hmm. months, right? So, yeah. No, it was really because uh, I went to manifesto actually, and it was just uh, like everybody. At the end of the day, kind of it was all right yeah. because of Davido, and he performed really yeah. well, and you know he really g- gave his best. It wasn't one of those like two songs performance yeah. that is out, but at the same time, knowing that like. Uh, and big artists like Tams, who's like, it's she just won the BET too. She's like, you can, it's almost as if she's in every song these yeah. days, you know, she's everywhere. She couldn't get a visa. Like, well, what the hell is going on? And exactly. the, like, my problem is the fact that it's African artists who are having these issues, you know, and it's like a, it's really a, a thing of like there's a racism problem there where you have these black artists who can travel abroad just to perform and their Mm -hmm. music is being listened to everywhere in the world but they're having these issues with something as uh as simple as a visa visa, and it's not even like like these are visitation or like maybe like a two-day one-day three-day work Mm -hmm. you know visitation kind of things and for me it's, it's actually weird that like you know it takes the process actually long, mm-hmm. you know, and then sometimes they might end up not even getting it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, what else can we do? And I, I know a lot of like, a lot of these guys, they have deep connections mm-hmm. in terms of even government connections, you know, sponsors and all these kind of things, right? Yeah. So to even not be able to utilize your connections and your connections not even being able to do anything to help mm-hmm. means that like, there's more to, to it than like, you know, and at the end of the day it's hurting the artists because they're not like new audiences aren't going to discover Mm -hmm. them at these festivals it's hurting the 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 entertainment scene here as well you know having these artists in canada also helps the local like the local afrobeat scene Mm -hmm. for example you know and uh it's just uh all throughout it's just uh it's just terrible well, yeah, let's even dive into at least like a lot of the positives that's happening with Afrobeats in Canada. Like I would say, even this summer, I think we could all agree that the song of summer is probably last, last by Burn Award. <laughs> so, whether you like it or not, whether you think it became annoying or not. You know, I me mean, sometimes, you know, I have a friend who says, you know, it's not every day last, last. You know, <laughs> you know? so, but no, it, it's crazy how that's, you know, that's the number one song in the summer. And then you even have It's Plenty that's, yeah, again, yeah, talking about Burn Award, yeah. same. Yeah. Same person. Just your thoughts, both of you, about like how much Afrobeat has a hold, especially this summer. I guess Afrobeat summer, if we're gonna be honest. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Could you repeat the question again? No, just just your, just your, just your, <laughs> I need to, yeah, yeah. Just just your thoughts on how like quickly Afro not even quickly, but how big Afrobeat is becoming, especially this summer. Really, you're talking about every everywhere you go, every event you go to, you. Afrobeats is one of the main staples, and I, believe, I don't believe it was. It was like that, like, like you know, a couple of years ago. But now, if you're a DJ in the city, you're not playing Afrobeats. There's an issue. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let me ask you. So basically, like, um, it's actually exciting, you know, yeah. and it's good. It's good for the culture, and also good for watching a beauty in Canada, and that's mm-hmm. why, like, obviously. If we're able to, like, if the system is, like, you know, proper, we're able to even get this artist here without any problems, it will even be even way better. Because mm-hmm. even, like, you see what happened when 
like, you know, Burnaboy came and did his Canada tour, right? Mm-hmm. Like, massive, massive crowd, like, you know, different variety of crowd. You know, you have the, obviously, the Africans there, you have the Canadians there, you have the Europeans there, still singing the same, mm-hmm. the same songs that we're, we're singing, singing, you know, they're trying to, you know, singing in our languages, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can see that, you say, oh, they're trying. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's confusing. Even though it's confusing. <laughs> they're, they're, they're saying, they're saying it the wrong way, but, you know, they're trying because, you know, now you've seen the impact that Afrobeat is having in, you know, in, in different cultures and different lifestyles, right? So it's pretty, it's huge for us and we're excited about it. And as, it's up to us now, you know, as the young upcoming artists and still, as they're like, you know, as us trying to build this Afrobeat culture in Canada and to now take it and build on top of it. And you were at the Burner Boy concert. Yeah, well. I was there. I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was it was also the Bureau VIP, not the one of the other festival where everybody's yeah, yeah. no no no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. even yeah, though was, even though at a point because yeah yeah but it was actually amazing still like um first time seeing burner boy i was supposed to go in 2017 or 16 when he first came i remember i was supposed to go but i was in Susanity. but <laughs> but yeah um yeah, yeah it was actually amazing um great great performance great band and, you know, looking at him perform also, like, you know, inspires me a little bit, like, you know, to, like, now <laughs> looking towards SK Fest, right, and my performance and my artist performance and, like, the showmanship and what we can actually do, mm-hmm. right? Even though, like, me, when I don't I don't perform a lot, I like to perform only at, like, um, sunking events because, you know, it makes it special mm-hmm. you know, in terms of me and, like, you know, what, when I put together my performance, I like to put on a show and make sure, like, you know, People like get unexpected, you know what I mean? Live performances, live bands, you know, different things, right? Um, so it was actually like a great thing to see, you know. Um, I've been to, I've seen the two of the top three, mm-hmm. seen Davido, Burner, Whiskey is coming and rolling out, you know, we get mm-hmm. to see him before his gift. So this song is actually going to be crazy. Watch out for my vlog. When's the rolling out again? Um, it's the weekend before SKF, so the 9, 10, 11. Goodness, it's gonna be that. Yeah, so I, was, I saw the lineup. I didn't. I, I didn't think it was real. I'm like, this can't be a real lineup. <laughs> like just all these artists that they have on there, it's crazy. And like even looking at Rolling Loud, right? So SKFS is September 8th in Sault Ste. Marie. So we're gonna go to Sault Ste. Marie and then perform, and then right after the show, we're gonna travel all the way to Toronto <laughs> just to make it to Rolling Loud. You know what I'm saying? So you're still young, man. You can do that. <laughs> No worries. So I want to. I want to end. I want to end on this a bit. You know why? First of all, where can they get the? Everybody get the tickets. You yeah. know the details in terms of that. And then you know why should they purchase tickets to go to something first? You can get. We have like the links. You can follow our Instagram page at Sam King, and then um the link the bio is on the link, so you can. The um, link is in the bio. Oh, the link is in the bio. <laughs> Where is it? The, the bio is in the bio. <laughs> The link is in the bio, so you can click on it and like get your ticket. I can also get your ticket to through whichever artist you also get to watch and all of that. So yeah. And the reason why you should actually come for the festival is because we're going to have different artists performing. You get to listen to different types of sounds and different types of people perform. And like it's also like you also get to meet different vendors and people to purchase things from. And you just get to experience Afrobeats basically from yes you just get to experience Afrobeats and it's just like music upon music upon music yes and we're going to be extremely organized and everybody's going to have a nice time you get to meet people and that fun thing too so yeah why not and in September right yeah. before school oh, right when school starts which so, is per- perfect exactly. yes yes so come with your friends with your friends' friends and everybody your family and their friends everybody friends, and your friends' friends, friends. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody should be there Right. Yes. One of the big things I actually said, like you get to meet new people. You know, everyone is there to have fun. Everyone's mm-hmm. there to interact with each other. Um, this the way we're arranging the day is going to make it so interactive that you know you're not even there's no chance you're going to be standing just you know, being like a disco. Like you, you're going to see people. You're going to want to interact. You're going to check out the vendors. You're going to listen to great music. You're going to want to party. You're going to want to dance. Mm-hmm. And you're also going to want to support the artists on stage, right? Yeah. That's one thing that we ask for that everyone comes with an open mind. Mm-hmm. Come come with like, you know, open mind and ready to like enjoy and mm-hmm. listen and get to know people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. yeah. So follow us on IG, Sunking ANT. That's our main page. Mm-hmm. Follow the festival page, Sunking Fest. Get your tickets. Only 60 bucks. Right? For now. <laughs> what does for now mean? Early bird. Early bird, yeah. Or early bird right now? Early mm-hmm. bird right now, 60 bucks. So what happens after? So early bird ends, I think, mid-August. No, I think, no, 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 not mid August. Early bit ends um, yeah. end of August, okay. yeah. and then the regular general admission is eighty five dollars. Okay. Um, what we did with the prize in that obviously we looked at our competition, which are the other festivals around, and we wanted to make ours, you know, the cheapest one, the more affordable one. Affordable, cheap. So yes, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to make ours the more affordable one to make sure that because obviously we know our target audience, our target mm-hmm. audience are. Colleagues are mm-hmm. like you know friends are are you know classmates people that we mm-hmm. go to school together. You know what I mean? I know being a student is not easy. It's not yeah, cheap. Yeah. You know I mean, so at the same time that we're giving you guys a great show, we're also bringing a couple of guest artists. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guest artists I'm gonna name is Darko. Um, she's coming from the UK. Obviously, everyone knows that because she does. She sang that song. I'm trying to love you like a gangster, gangster. But yeah, so she's she's down to come to Canada, you know, to be part of SK Fest, yes. and we appreciate her for that. And um, can't wait to see everyone there. To be honest, mm. yes. yes. And on that note, thank you, Tower and Emmanuel, for coming on Beyond Culture. You know, it's been a long time since we had you on. Yeah. Time having you on. Pleasure meeting you too. Thank you, Beyond Culture, for having us. Thank yes. you, Abel. Thank you, Eves. <laughs> Our pleasure always. And on that note, Beyond Culture is going to be on Yes, yes, why not? Why not? Alright, on that note, thank you everybody for listening. Goodbye and good.